Welcome to Looking for the Ocean, where we talk about everything Pixar has ever made and what it means to us. I'm Danny Vincent, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Young. And today we are talking about, we're doing an episode that we do every once in a while, where we talk about the multiple short films that came out with the home video release of a Pixar movie. Today it's, of course, Inside Out. Um, but yeah, we're talking about two short films. One of them, which I think kind of isn't a short film, but we'll talk about it. First, though, is a short film. It's called Riley's First Date. Excuse me, Riley's First Date. And um, the other one is uh, called Mind Candy. Uh, So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So this is just basically an extension on our Inside Out episodes. So should I just start with my two leftover things I meant to mention in the Inside Out episode? Yeah, sure. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention is something that maybe Don would have found interesting, but I think it's more interesting to us because we talked about we read Ed Catmull's book, right? Where they have the session about the thing we talked about on the podcast um, is when they talk about a brain trust meeting about Inside Out, and Brad Bird like has a meltdown. It's like, "Fuck you! How dare you say we have to grow up? You're terrible! You're terrible!" And I left Inside Out on at the end of the movie to play for the credits because I like the score of Inside Out, which we discussed last week. And the film is dedicated to, I believe, the dedication is like to our children. Please don't grow up ever. I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was worth me to mention in our Inside Out episode, and I never got around to talking about it, where I was like, that's an interesting way to dedicate this to your children. Because um, uh-huh. it's kind of <clears> like, <throat> hey, this film was about growing up. Please don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. And it reminded me of the Brad Bird anecdote. The Brad Bird anecdote? What Brad Bird anecdote? I just said where it, Mark. Where he's like, what? Oh, okay. Well, I just said it. I literally just Okay. Um, okay, sorry. Yes. Well, here we are. I have another one too, Mark. Okay. Do you want my other one? Yes. Um, so this is something that was going to come up probably with every movie from now on, is that we've reached the point where I start working in childcare. Ergo, all these movies can come associated with my job in one way or the other, with the exception of the COVID releases that were on Disney+. Plus. Um, but... Um, what I was going to say with this is, uh, f- uh, I remember the first summer I worked with children, we did not have a movie field trip on the schedule, but unfortunately what we did have was a day where we were, um, it was supposed to rain really bad and we went to a park and we all wore like heavy jackets and we were told by our boss that if we were rained out, we would take the buses and go see inside out. So immediately, all the workers got excited because, like, on one hand, it's carting these kids around a park when it's going to be raining the other whole time. And then on the other, it's seeing in, watching a movie for two hours and relaxing, right? So obviously, mm-hmm. we all want to go see Inside Out, even the people who are, like, not into Pixar movies. It's like, just give us a break. Inside Out will make it so much easier today. Unfortunately, not only did the rain clear up, but it became 90 degrees that day, and all of us had brought heavy rain jackets. Uh, And it's like, well, we're not going to cancel it now that we have great weather, which makes sense financially, but to the morale of everyone there, including the children, because one of the counselors had leaked to the children that it's possible we were going to go to a movie. Every kid would rather go see a movie. So it's like, I just remember that being a thing that we were all very disappointed by, not seeing Inside Out. All right, those are my two things I forgot to mention in the Inside Out episode. You know what I've never known? Why did you get into child care? Did you start that when we were in school? 
Yes. What, what's, what's that about? What do you mean, what's it about? I don't know. Did you, like, <laughs> it seems like a thing that you kind of did on the side for money, and now it's, like, a big source of income for you. <laughs> ah! Funny jokes, Mark. Mark's a very funny guy. Big source of income. That's funny. Well, I don't know. That's I don't know your life. Funny. You've got four walls, and you you live I have with four a dog. walls that I don't pay for. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. I assume other people at your job have your job, and they're not dead either. I don't know how these things work, but like, why did you start doing like tutoring and stuff? Tutoring? I hate tutoring. I did tutoring okay. for two sem- years and quit it. Okay, okay. So this is 2019. We're in Carbondale, but like, what? What? I don't answer my question. Are we talking about 2019 or 2015 when I'm waiting to see Inside Out in the theater with children? <clears throat> uh, whenever it started, I forget what what year you said. I just... But I actually don't. I don't actually don't care about any of that. But I want to know like what what got you into childcare. Uh, summer job. That's very obviously just a summer job. Gives you really good hours. Um, a lot of fun because it's just like you chill out with kids and you go on field trips with them. And then it just kind of stuck because something like, well, you have the experience, so you might as well just keep applying to jobs like this. And I do like children. Okay. So, they're fun. But it's not like, it's not like something that, like, it's basically, it would be like working at Starbucks. Well, yeah, initially I was going to, the plan initially was when I graduated college was I worked in Starbucks for a month. And um, if I had stayed at Starbucks, the plan was to be there for three months and transfer up to Chicago at the Kroger's and Mariano's up here. Um, But then I quit Starbucks Mariano's because it was stupid. Um, Basically, I always say I quit slash got fired, but regardless, it's not on my resume because it was a month-long stint. Um, cause, uh, mm-hmm. they said I couldn't make the cups quick enough, but they never gave me any time to practice making the cups. Ergo, I feel like I was set up to fail. And then when I was kicked, so I feel like I was fired from Starbucks and then Kroger, they put me on bagging. I was like, I mentally cannot do this. I can barely pack my own bags when I go to the groceries. This is stupid. And then I go up to quit. And so I quit Kroger, but I got fired from Starbucks mentally. Um, so but then so I kept hard... applying to jobs around Chicago, and this very quickly hired me. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm qualified to do this. So, so it's always been a summer job, not like something what? you've done all year. Mark, I think you're like very high on medication because it's like, what? you know, I, are you, is this for the listeners or for you? You know I no, work with kids for, it, year-round. No, it's for me, but you said it was just a summer job. It's, that's what it started as, yeah, but then I... That was in Indiana. Now I work yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. It was designed but to be a like... job. It was designed to be a job where it's like, well, you work in the morning, you work in the afternoon, so you have to be up midday. Unfortunately, that basically meant more that you work in the after, you work in the morning, you work in the afternoon, so you're exhausted because you have two separate shifts that require you to basically work your butt off instead of just having one straight shift that you can just nap after and then be awake to do stuff. But that was yes. the initial plan. Also, big note that people always forget when we talk about our generation is that, you know, 
I might have started that job in August 2018. It was going to be a two-year stint, but unfortunately, August 2020 was disrupted by a little something called COVID-19, which caused basically everyone our age to get their plans messed up. Even if we're like, well, you know, I don't know when I'm going to leave. Um, So. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Do you have any, like, tales from you know, starting, you know, doing daycare and stuff and being like, oh my gosh, I feel so unprepared or whatever. I do, but none that I will ever say on my quote, I'm still employed. Wink. If I'm ever, uh, if I'm ever out of the childcare sector, you can ask me that question. I will gladly answer it. Um, Okay. But while I'm still in the childcare sector, I would like not to have it on the record. Mm -hmm. So... Well, you seem very professional about it. I feel like I well, it's I think it's different because you are dealing with children. I am less worried about shitting on people that I work for. Uh not in not in theater, but in like temp things. So I feel like whenever I shit on people that, I work with you get mad at me for like you shouldn't put that on like Danny anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. But like I don't know, you also like only work in one place. So whatever mm-hmm. i was i was just wondering how if it was like you know uh a part of your life that you discovered through this part-time job but it sounds like i think i've discovered kind of that um and the thing i've discovered at the job is more that um before i started working there i just kind of was very much like a, i want to become a writer i want to do this i want to do this and now i feel like eventually becoming a dad is very important to me uh, i think mm-hmm. that's definitely something that's developed from working with children but it's more just like and do you have comes from the a feeling of, of like, like I will do it my way or do you just no, have really. this kind of urge what you just cut out for a second I was talking during it so and then you just said urge and that's all yeah I yeah do, yeah do you like feel like you're the dad that would be like I want to do it this way or do you just like feel an urge to be a dad it's a bit of both I think it's more of the latter I think I have a strong paternal instinct I had no idea I had until I worked with kids Mm. Um, okay. so, Good. but anyway, I don't think I'll be like Riley's dad in Riley's first date, I hope. Yeah. There we go. There's a transition. I have, what if, what if we didn't transition? Let's talk about the Golden Globes. Why? I came on this to do a quick episode about these shorts and you're like, oh, can we talk about your history in childcare? Can we talk about the Golden Globes? What in the Golden Globes is remotely related to Pixar? I don't know, but we have... Ludwig Gorsen like, scored Turning Red. That's literally the only answer I have for you. Some Sometimes, uh, well, I don't know. I just feel like we we have to come on and talk about Pixar, but we should also, like, improve the lives of our listeners, you know? It's not like art needs to have some great moral purpose, but we just can't come on here and, like, talk about a shitty short and then be like, yeah, there you go friends enjoy your crap i don't know i like learning about your life and your background um anyway well, again, Riley's but, 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 first my, my whole point though of telling the inside out story was like oh but don't worry there's gonna be plenty more of these stories to come and you're like tell them all now and i'm like what <laughs> well i think it'd be weird to have like a 10 minute short so i i mean we could get up to 30 minutes with your your stories but not ever. Anyway, what is there remotely Riley's to talk about date. the Golden Globes? You winning a Golden Globe? That is something to talk about. Congratulations on the Golden Globe. 
Thank you. I really thought that you were going to come in and talk about, and, and did, I don't think you won a Golden Globe. You won an Emmy, right? Like they you won a Golden at the same Globe. Time. Oh, weird. I mean, I have no idea. I literally sent you an image of you winning a Golden Globe. You need to well, put. I don't know what he was holding. I thought because the Emmys were happening at the same time, then okay, that's Let what me, would happen. I sent an image for the listeners to be clear, because this is a running bit that I think everyone is aware of. Because they've all seen it. If you've seen a picture, of Mark. Mark and Matthew McFadden are lookalikes. And I sent an image yesterday to Mark. Granted, he was in the ER when I sent it. Of Matthew McFadden with his Golden Globe. Golden Globe. And I sent it with the caption, Congrats on the Golden Globe. So Mark's like, I didn't know that was a Golden Globe in his head. Even though I literally said, Congrats on the Golden Globe. Well, I was in the ER last night. Yes. So... I'm not, like, totally with it today. All right. Um, Since Mark yes. wants to talk about the Golden Globes, we'll quickly go through all the winners. Ricky Gervais No, that sounds like up. the worst. Man, they can read a Wikipedia article. All right, well, let's talk you're, about you're the Pixar about, short. About, all right, you know what? No, no, no. You told me to talk. We're going to talk very quickly. I'm glad Ayo Idabiri won. Great rise to fame. We love Ayo Idabiri on here. Come on the show. Kieran Culkin and Sarah Snook, we love you guys. Great. Good jobs. Kieran Culkin... Always proves himself not to be an actor whenever... That, that's actually really bullshit for me to say. Like, he's not an actor. His persona feels so close to Roman Roy always. That's very concerning in a sense. But not really because he's a good actor. Um, mm. The Boy in the Heron won one animated film. Great. We love it. I'm so glad the highest grossing film of the year won Best Box Office. What a cool award for it to win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Gillian Murphy v. Bradley day. Cooper. All right. There, we did everything. Riley's first date. It's about Riley's first date. Um, date. Yeah, uh, it's about how how people are like awful, and like I don't know. It's so bizarre to me that you can read about the short and they're like, "This is a thing that happened to me." Like it's a real experience, and I'm like, "Wow." Wait. I'm so glad we get to like I, I, I explore hate to, I hate the to texture of the reality where people suck. First off. I hate to go back to the Golden Globes, cause, but this is how Mar this is how Mark gets his uh, comeuppance. It's by like, I want to talk about the Golden Globes, and now I won't shut up about them after I initially yelled at him for bringing him up. But can I just point out that the Wikipedia article... Let me just read this paragraph from the Wikipedia article. Uh, Barbie in Succession, tied for most nominations, nine. Oppenheimer was eight. Thus, furthermore, the cultural phenomenon of Barbenheimer received 17 total nominations, winning a total of seven. I'm just like... What, what is irrelevant that Barbenheimer combined one this stuff? Why is this listed as a stat? And why does it have five citations? Indeed. All right. Riley's well, first date. Riley's date? first date. Date? Because it has a question mark. All right. Some fucking kid shows up at their apartment. The kid from the credits. Guy, yeah, the kid from the credits shows up at their apartment. And her dad is like, oh my god, I hate this guy. Um, not, not for any reason. I don't know if he feels like, you know, I don't know, Riley's in danger or whatever. Like, the kid's kind of a dick, like many Pixar teenagers are. Which doesn't make much um, sense, because when we see him in the film, he's obsessed with Riley Mealy, and this he's like, hey, what's up? Mm -hmm. Girls, yeah. they aren't real. And then the joke of the mom is that to relate to Riley... She starts using all this slang, and um, 
it, and Riley's like, oh my god, what is my mom doing? She's being so embarrassing. And um, then the dad and the kid, the, the boyfriend, not the boyfriend, but the guy who's going on the date or whatever, like they bond over both ACDC. liking ACDC and they're both musicians. So they play some air guitar at the end and then it's like, oh man, we're cool again. And, um, this short is terrible. Let's be very clear here. Um, and I think the reason this short is terrible is because it focuses on the parents' emotions, which have already proven to be very, very, like, like two-dimensional. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're just stereotypes. I think yeah. that is the... And I understand maybe the appeal of Inside Out is like, these are stereotype, typical situations that we're just seeing how your emotions react to them. But... I just find it very annoying to watch. Uh, yeah. Well, it's also I'll... like this is this is this thing where it's like, why is Pixar so cynical and frankly unimaginative when it comes to uh, like people? You know, like it it has a lot of it has a lot of patience for you know the young child protagonist or whatever, but. Any any adults or especially teenagers, or or I don't know, just like anyone else. Like if you're not the main character in a Pixar movie, you're probably like a terrible person. Like you hate your job, you mistrust other people, um, you are you are rude or you're you're weird. I don't know. It's so crazy. Like it's kind of a cliche now, but. Like, why have I not seen more things like... Everyone says the parents in Easy A are such great parents. Never seen that movie. And no one else... You've never seen it? No. Oh, it's a great, Make your point anyway. It's a fun little time. It has some of the same things, but it's kind of like... I don't know. It feels, it feels different. It, like, animation and live action feel different to me when you have someone who's, like, being made fun of playing a character... Because if you have, like, a real person playing, like, a goth girl or whatever, um, you know, they have, like, the context of being a human, so they bring in all of that baggage. And I feel like, you know, you can't, you can't, like, it's, it's hard to, like, fully make fun of them because they're, like, a human being. But even though, you know, these voice actors are doing a good job, there's still a difference between, like, physically... And in your life, the presence you bring to a movie, uh, just when you're doing a voice, because you can, like, you know, do anything. Like, I mean, and just, you know, imagine all of the great alternative comedians we've learned about doing Pixar movies, or watching Pixar movies, where they're like, I'm a fucking bug who likes to eat, and then it's like, um, oh, do you have, you started, like, this the most powerful alternative comedy group in Canada. And of course I'm confusing the characters of, uh, and I'm also just making shit up about different characters in Bugs Life. And then I use the example of the one guy who was voiced by an animator. So that doesn't make any sense. What I think is um interesting is before we recorded, I watched and Mark Ergo also watched that trailer for Inside Out, I was like, this trailer was so hype. And you're rewatching it, it really isn't that hype. I think it's just the idea of watching it and being like, 
Ah, yes. Pixar has been gone for a while. This is their first creative-looking movie since Up, which made that trailer very exciting. But also, I was, the one thing I forgot about it is that, like, there's a part of it where, like, they play, like, the... Is it, like, a guitar solo or, like, the riff of More Than a Feeling? And it just goes through the voice cast. And it's like, we've got Phyllis Smith and Lewis Black in this. And it's like, oh, yeah, my two things. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was impressed by the trailer just because it is, like, a complicated idea. And the trailer conveys it pretty quickly. And it also, like, you get a very good sense of what the story is. Even though, not what the film is, because the trailer focuses on how everyone has emotions in them. And I think people remember, if you go back in your mind, you remember that the big, like, ad for this movie was the clip of them at the dinner table. Which is yeah. mostly not how the movie is. It's all, like, in Riley's head. Um, so, we just, we watched that before we came on. Yeah, I just, I remember thinking in that trailer is just like it's also something where it'd been a while since maybe it actually is the first time ever they sold the movie on, hey, Pixar, we've been gone for a while, but don't worry. This one has sad parts to it. So get excited, because you remember how we used to make you cry? This one will do that. Mm. So I think that's like actually a unique marketing point of Inside Out that like worked really well too, because it's like Brave and Monsters You were very and Cars Three. All those were very much in the. This is gonna be fun, you know. And inside, I was like, "No, we're making a movie about being sad." And look, she's hugging her parents sadly in the trailer. So you know this movie is going to be sad. So it's like, oh, yeah. cool. I'm gonna feel emotions in this movie about emotions. Definitely. And and it kind of comes back to that thing that I always say. I've said made the point several times on the podcast where. Bob Chapik misunder and Iger to a lesser extent, but Chapik really misunderstood the appeal of Pixar in the sense that he thought Turning Red was streaming and Lightyear was for theaters, whereas the entire like brand of Pixar is that they give you original stuff that makes you cry, and that will sell you better than like a Toy Story spinoff movie. Like, and that's also why like I think Elemental had good legs because even though it didn't make me cry, it made other people cry, but the marketing made it look like it was slapstick. Um, but it was like, no, 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 this is a Pixar movie. Don't, like, that. that's what the word mouth was. Like, oh, it is a Pixar movie. And that's what people, for, like, I feel like executives forget that is the selling point of Pixar, is that they're giving you an original story. Um, even though, yeah, a movie like Inside Out 2 is probably going to do well. Like, they're big movies getting sequels. Those will do well. But it's got to be, like, a sequel. It can't just be, like, it's a Buzz Lightyear movie, you know? It's got to be, like, Toy Story 4 or Incredibles 2. And it's got to be a big movie. It's like, I don't think people would rush out to see Ratatouille or Wally 2. You know? Yeah. So. Can you rem can you remind me, because I watched it, like, yesterday, and a lot of things have happened since then. How do the mom and Riley get back together? In this? Yeah, how do they reconcile? They don't. Do they? She just oh. walks out to go hang out with Jordan. And then the mom and the dad are like, let's kiss. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're like, let's fuck. That's kind of what I like got from that because I'm <laughs> like, I got from it too. Do you not like? <laughs> I know it's like it's like this is all kids media, but it's just funny that it's like I don't know, just kiss your wife, man. <laughs> but the the end of the short is with Riley and the teenager guy walking away, and the dad like gives the mom a look, and she's like, "Oh shit, he's given the look. We gotta engage." 
and then they just kiss um and then at the end of the kiss well it's uh, how does it go because the credits are like with fireworks and rock music so and it then could after the credits she pulls away that's right that's what it was because i was emotions are like her emotions are like all right that's enough we're good okay we that's what it out. was is i was like um is i was like oh it's kind of cool they like fade to black on having sex but then no. they don't at the end and i'm like well what the fuck man and, then and it's just they go out of the way to have the dad go i'm gonna go fix the table it's like all right like well he did break the table I do think there are some good lines in this, just like the original Inside Out. I do the like only when moment, his, sorry. his sadness is like they're all shouting kid things at the in, in mentally in his head at the teenager, and one of them is like, "Go back to jail." That's a I pretty like, good line. I like the uh, bit in Riley's head. I don't even remember what she says, but I know disgust has a moment when the mom starts like saying "OMG for shizzle," and it's like disgust is just. <laughs> obviously like disturbed greatly by this and i really like that mm. um but yeah um what was i gonna say uh the i don't know i think this short is terrible uh yeah. it gives me hope for inside out 2 though in a way because i think this short is really bad and the director went on to make toy story 4 which is in my opinion pretty good it's not i think it's not great, but it's a pretty good movie. And I've been very negative towards Inside Out 2's existence, mainly because... Well, first, I think in general it's like, why are you bothering making Inside 2 and not giving it to a woman to direct now that you've fixed your studio to have woman directors? Uh, that's just something that's very confusing to me. Uh, but... <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but the other I thing mean, is... What? Know. It's... Well, shit's... I don't know. It's like... What do you mean fixed it to have women directors? Do you mean fixed it like well, in the way that Well, not fixed it, but it's like that was a big thing with Inside Out 1 was like, like why is like an old white man directing this? I remember that even that was discourse in like 2015 and now it's 2024 mm-hmm. and it's like we're giving we're making Inside Out 2. It's directed by this white man this time and it's like not that I actually don't think the race really matters for Riley. It's just like this is about a girl's mind. Why are we why are we having a man be in charge of this? It doesn't make much doesn't sense. Doesn't matter when she's white. Yeah, I mean, she. We, we already covered that she's very upper class white. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's we, so we, crazy. We, we're we're it, pretty in depth on that last time. If if we don't get investors on this project, we're gonna have to let people go. And I, was I didn't like, notice what his shirt shit. said the first time, but like. Oh yeah, uh, I'm glad that Don pointed out it was Brang or because something. Because this time, I, this time I was like, like Brang, we bring you stuff. So it's like okay, so it's like a. Like a grubhub type so, of thing. That's so crazy. It's like they're making one of those dumb fucking apps. They're like making DoorDash. Like that's literally <laughs> what it is. His dad, like, Riley's dad, owns DoorDash. <laughs> well, I mean, there might be clues that I'm like missing. I like to imagine he's making one of those things. That's like. Wouldn't you, it be really th- funny if Brang was like a DoorDash for like moving? And thus, the entire plotline in the movie, the subplot, where it's like, the moving man keeps getting delayed. That was just all tied into his investor, his, his thing, where it's like, the movie man doesn't show up, I'm gonna look terrible. Pete Doctor, you should mm. be right inside out to have this be a massive subplot in the film. Do you, I don't know, because you don't take a train everywhere, do you see those ads for, like, every new dating app? No. Oh, Okay. 
Well, I just, I don't know. I just think it's funny because it seems like there's some kind of ecosystem where you can thrive if, if you just make a new fucking kind of dating app. And I don't know, all these things are probably pretty successful, but like, um, there's a, there's a, this, I'm just saying things that I've seen ads for. There's one called like Muzz, which is where Muslim people can like meet each other and date. And then there was like a time when, um, that one, that one dating app that I knew about was like, we are the dating app for polyamorous people. Yeah. yeah um, and then Tinder was like, Tinder had really interesting ads where it was like, um, I don't know. It was, there was just all, it was like a, like David LaChapelle pictures. And that's like my ignorance being like, Oh, it can't, if everyone's like shiny and there's jewelry, that's David LaChapelle. And it's obviously like not how style works. Um, and you know, I, I also like there, I think there are things that are silly too. Like, it's not just the Muslim dating app, but it's like there's Christian Mingle, of course, that everyone knows. And we all know about like farmers only. It just seems that like if you have some money, you can just make a new dating app and like advertise the shit out of it. And these things just like, I don't know, they just crop up everywhere. We could make an app. We could. I pitched one once, remember? It was like a gaming app. For where <laughs> gamers meet? Oh, not like a dating app. Sorry, I was saying we made. No, it, it has to be a dating app. Did Did I ever make my points <laughs> that I was trying to make? I realize that now. Like, did I ever say what I wanted to say? Where it was like, it gives me more hope for Inside Out too, because this short is way worse than Party Central, which is what the director of Inside Out Two is doing. I don't think I forgot to that. Um, because Party Central no. is better than this short. Yeah, I'm, well, I don't know, you know, it's hard to say this, because here's, here's my, not a pushback, but I'm just like, I don't know, it's hard to say that something is better, I mean, this short is, like, technically fine, it's just, Technically, like, it's just, it literally is just using, like, they probably made it the same time they made it inside out, of course it's gonna be technically good, they're just using the assets they have from the movie they just finished. <laughs> Yeah, but I just I just want to be clear, but it's like we we we're calling it bad because it's we disagree with its you know lack of a it's it's a position towards its characters. Like I think sometimes you watch one of these Pixar movies and it's like have these guys like ever gone outside? You know? Yeah. It's just I don't know, it's just annoying. I actually think the um the other short is much better in a way. Let me rephrase. The second half of the other short is better. Because uh, mm. the first half of Mind Candy... Uh, let's be clear about Mind Candy. I'm pretty sure this isn't a short film. I think they released this as a short film after it came out. I think it's promo material that they played on social media. And since this was like in 2015 where they're first understanding how social media marketing works, they're like, what do we do with all this material we made? Uh, put, it on, put it out as a short. And it's all done. I think it's pretty clear this is all like promotional stuff, right? Uh, uh are you so you're talking about mind candy now? Yes, yes. Cause I don't think there's really. I'll be real. I don't think there's much to Riley's first date. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's more um, to mind candy. I don't know. I don't think there's more to mind candy. I think that mind candy is just like transitions, and you know, if you leave a DVD menu playing long enough, then something will happen. And I think that's what Mind Candy is, is just a collection of 
those little clips that they made with all the dif- the different characters. And I think that's interesting because you can like like if you're an animator, you have this character like out of the context of a world and you just get to watch them you know, inhabit space and kind of create space. I think that was what was interesting about Mind Candy for me is that because of where they place characters, the negative space tells a story about what, you know, you might put a blurb up there or a DVD menu. And I think that's interesting looking at how you might, uh, you might decorate the space around a menu like Which that. Which so Mind Candy like video did you watch? The one that you... I didn't send uh, you any. Oh, you didn't send me any. Let me see if I can find it. Maybe I'm talking about different things. I'm worried that you didn't watch the whole thing. Inside Out, Mind Candy short film. How long is oh, it? Oh, uh, 14 minutes. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, now I'm a little worried that I didn't watch the whole thing because I don't remember it fucking being 14 minutes long. Well, the back half is really good. The back half is just like these things where it's like, meet fear, meet joy, meet sadness. And it's clear that these were like promo material when like the movie was coming out, but it's all these little scenes where it's like, there's the five second rule. And Riley drops a grape on the ground, and Joy wants to eat it, but Disgust is obviously like, no, don't do that. And it's just very nice, clever stuff. Did you watch these? Uh, no. No, I'm looking we, at it. We, we will be back in about five minutes while Mark watches uh, these, because they're the okay. main thing I want to discuss, and the only reason this episode, this, this thing was put on our list as right, a me, thing to I'm going to mute, mute my mic so I can play this on the computer. All right. All right. All right, yeah, I actually enjoyed those. Yes, they're the best part, and you wanted to skip them and just talk about DVDs. Well, I don't know what happened. I don't know why I... I, I really have no memory of, like, like why I didn't watch the end of this giant short. But that was... I was wondering why you were you were coming on late today, and I was... You were, you were like, 25 minutes later than I thought you would be. And I knew you were coming on a bit a little bit late, but then you were like, "Oh, there are trailers that I have to account for." And I'm like, "What do you mean trailers? These these shorts are like a total of five minutes, but now I see the whole thing is like 20 minutes long." Um, but yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed them. So Mind Candy has like what I said in the beginning, and then it also has little short films featuring each of the emotions reacting to something in the world. And if I may point out something that I think is amusing, because Mark has watched this in the wrong order that I wanted him to, is the I think part of the reason I wanted to watch the trailer for Inside Out before is because I remembered, I thought I'd remembered and I was right, there's a shot that's only in the mind candy that's used in the trailer, and it's of Riley, like, playing the drums, and I realized that Mark probably had no, like, didn't, obviously didn't clock it, because he hadn't seen the short film yet, <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah. I did actually clock it because I did. I didn't remember that happening in the movie, but I just thought it was one of those things where they were like, "Oh, well, you know, we we make things and put them in the trailer, but they might not be in the final product." Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed those. I I don't know. Uh, I I'd have to like get into the the humor of of each one. Um, but I I really. I don't know. It's maybe this isn't a good way of going about this, but I I really enjoyed the what was it? It's like the sad the sadness alternate ending or something. Oh, it was the joy alternate ending. The joy alternate ending where they're in Spanish class. I was like, you know what? I don't know if that 
I don't know if that that joke can happen in a lot of other contexts. So I was pleased that they pulled that off. Yeah, but I honestly think the other one is more funny. Where it's just joy annoying them all asking questions. Well, and I don't know. I think you're you're more amused by like people being intentionally annoying than okay. I am. I feel is like that a I feel like attack? No, I, I uh, no, that's I mean that's just a general that's just a genuine thing that I think you have more patience for than I do. Um I prefer when people are like I, I feel like you need a bit of like naiveness. Or you don't you don't really need a bit of naiveness. You can be pretty mean with some people. Um but I I just personally respond better to that kind of thing. Um I I, I definitely have to learn when I go out like on doing shows and I have to read someone else's script and I'm like, man, these are, these are such mean jokes. And then they get like huge laughs from some audience. And I'm like, well, whatever. I don't understand this. I'm just going to say my lines. I'm like Robert De Niro in that way. I'm referencing a clip of him talking about his character in killers of the flower moon, which I doubt like anyone else has seen. Um, but anyway, uh, what a I nice think... multicolored robe you have, Mark. I feel like you're. I'm trying to paint a picture for the listeners here. It's not I don't a know robe. What it's a bl- It's the blanket I wear, like literally half the time we record. <laughs> well, but it looks it looks like a robe because you've it's like you've got a little like an orange collar. Maybe that's just the side of the blanket it's that I've never seen before. Blanket. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, do you have a favorite um, short? Um, what I thought was more interesting, although at this point I've kind of forgotten the specifics of it, is how I think these five actually tackle more that gray area that a lot of these motions fall into. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, Joy is the one who's coming up with the answer for class, and it's like, shouldn't this be more like Fear's job? Because Fear's afraid of, like, getting it wrong, you know? Yeah, well, I um, I think the one specifically I come up with is, um... What was it? So there's Disgust has a five second one. Joy has the that one. Sadness has the one where it's like she gets hurt during hockey. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting because it's like something where it's like I think these all exist more in the gray area more than I think they want them to. Not all of them, but a decent amount of them. Because um, it's like I do think Disgust and Fear are incredibly related emotions, very specifically. Uh, this five second rule one being all about disgust versus joy I think is interesting because I think it would be more interesting to make it be about fear versus disgust in a way because it's no matter what Riley shouldn't eat that and joy winning feels weird Um, but um, I feel like it would be more interesting if it was like I don't know I think it's I think it would be really interesting to delve into the like differences more here Uh, and my main thought also with them is beyond that is I think this is really where the characters belong. Not even like in a TV show, but like in like 30 to 30 seconds to two minute long short films where it's just, this is a situation. These are how emotions deal with it. I think that's yeah. an interesting thing to do. Uh, and I think also we were discussing in the inside out episode about how Riley seems like he, she has no agency. And I counterpoint that like, no, here's the rules of the world. Her ideas come from the train of thought, blah, 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 blah. But in these short films, it is just the emotions governor. Because it's like she's holding the grape. Oh, it's going in. No, it's not. Oh, it's going in. No, it's not. Oh, no. It's just like, all right, this is, this is a yeah. little bizarre. 
Yeah, it's like, um, it's. I mean, it's like how Osmosis Jones can be a TV show, you know? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of rumors that Inside Out Two is going to lead into a Disney Plus show. Um, mm-hmm. We will see. If well, it but does I, I would not. want it to be something like this. I don't know if, I don't know if I want like full adventures with them. Although there have been, there was a there was a whole show like a four season long show about people in some guy's brain that I read Herman's about. Head. Yeah. Cause that was the people so, when this movie came out, they're like, Oh, so it's like Herman's hood. Yeah. I think but, about um, the classic Eddie Murphy film, meet Dave that I've never seen. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you remember that image? Do you remember like the giant model of Eddie Murphy's head that they like carted around everywhere? <laughs> was that, is that what that's for? Yeah, the Meet Dave Meet promo. Dave. Oh, okay. The, the thought of Meet Dave was that I believe I don't know if it's I can't remember if it's like it's actually just like Inside Out where it's like a metaphor, but I think it might be that Dave is like an alien spaceship that's governed yeah, that's, by these. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm curious how Meet Dave ends because I've never seen it and I have no desire to ever see Meet Dave. Hmm. Well. Oh um, shit. Meet Dave is directed by the current president of Paradise to Pictures. Oh. Remember how he directed Good Burger and Norbit? Oh, this yeah. This career is crazy. He directed The Shaggy Dog. Brian Robbins, current CEO of Paramount, is directly responsible for Robert Don't Downey Jr. Bang the being table. an Oppenheimer. Okay. Robert, Downey Robert Downey Jr. has been on the record saying he thinks The Shaggy Dog saved his career. Because it proved that Disney could insure him. And if Disney can insure him, anyone could. That's good. He said that in an interview. You know? Yeah. Well, and I... So I think that, like, obviously this doesn't have anything to do with real psychology. And maybe I lack the words for this. But it seems like in the shorts or in the, the world of Inside Out that joy is always the one that is like going towards things and fear is always the one pulling back and the different emotions um are are on different ends of that spectrum you know are are in different parts of that spectrum like joy actually is someone who seems to influence a lot of of positive actions and and fear is more like negative like let's stop watching the scary movie let's you know like not this other thing um well, i just think because i come back to how you know the movie di- um directly addresses them right it's like fear keeps riley safe disgust makes it so we don't poison ourselves which again that those are both kind of the same thing i feel like um mm-hmm. and then um anger keeps things fair like those are like how it said the, the movie makes it clear is um which is funny because i also then think this the sadness one here is very much still because it's like meat sadness you know it's not like a post movie sadness this is a pre-movie sadness where everyone's annoyed by her and i think it does do a good job setting up the con- not the conflict of it but like how everyone doesn't understand sadness not just joy even though joy is the one mainly annoyed by it because joy's in charge of everything but no one understands what the point of sadness is which is fine because again this this is a property for children and the whole thing being about this is how children under- start to understand the importance of being sad rather than just hating being sad is a good idea. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to call it? Yeah. Um, All right. Being very cheap here, 
Looking for the ocean, we give um, movies things. We don't give them ratings. I'm giving uh, I'm going to put... Here's the thing. I'm not going to give this like a sequel or anything because we're getting a sequel and stuff like that. But I am going to put the meat shorts on Disney+. Plus. Like just as like a... Like how Forky asked a question in the series. You could put all these sh- like on as like a compilation of shorts of like meet the emotions inside out. You know? Mm-hmm. I think these, those would belong in Disney+. Plus. I think these all have some... All five of them have merit to them. Uh, oh, and yeah. I almost made a joke. I also maybe, maybe if you don't want me to give that, I'll give it a copy of Clue so we can understand the joy of being able to watch alternate endings in rapid succession rather than rewatching an entire short film over again just to get to the alternate ending. Uh. Yeah, I've been I've been swayed because I liked the ending of Mind Candy, so I want to give it something that it would enjoy, and I think I want to give the, the meet Dave. <laughs> What is what is Meet Dave? Oh, oh, Meet Dave is the Eddie Murphy movie. Eddie okay. Murphy skipped the Meet Dave from her, claiming it was because he was working on the subsequently delayed comedy A Thousand Words, even though Brian Robbins, who had directed both films, still managed to show up to the premiere. Well, he's Eddie Murphy, not <laughs> Eddie Murphy Brian Robbins. Yeah. Um, is he but... president of Paramount? Eddie Murphy president of Paramount. Eddie Murphy doesn't need to be president of Paramount. Can you imagine if he was? How much better Fairmount would be? I don't know. I think you you kind of need someone who's like good at running a business, but maybe not the best at making films. I love how the do that. I love how the poster for Meet Dave says Eddie Murphy in Eddie Murphy in Meet Dave. It's It's a great. It's a great bit. It's like I saw the book of Clarence the other day. And it has opening credits, and I wanted to stand up and cheer when the opening credits began. And it said Lakeith Stanfield in, because I was like, "Ooh, he's in this movie. He's the mm-hmm. star." Lakeith Stanfield in the Book of Clarence. Yeah. Anyway, I want to give Riley's parents a better house, because even oh, in these the, rich in people this... need a better house in San Francisco. <laughs> well, I don't know why they have such a fucking ugly house, man. Like they're moved in when the boyfriend shows up, right? They just, why is their house so fucking ugly? Not <laughs> and not the outside because the outside is like, I don't know. They, they, it's I don't know. It's just kind of funny because like even when things get better and they could design the world in a way that reflected Riley's view of it, the inside of the house is still like puke green, and they haven't put up any art or like done anything to counteract the puke greenness of the whole thing well Riley at least has decorated her room a bit yeah I guess I don't know I think if their dad's like out there inventing soylent or something he might just prefer to live in a cube (laughs) anyway you know Sorry, I gotta stop looking at the Meet Dave page. I'm just in shock. The cast of Meet Dave is Eddie Murphy, Elizabeth Banks, Gabriel Union, Scott Kahn, Ed Helms, and Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Great. All right, what are we doing next time? Uh, we're going to talk about a couple more shorts. These are a little more exciting. One of them is called Sanjay Super Team. It is the short film that played in front of the Good Dino. And then a short film that I remember going viral, even though I never watched it. Uh, I should look up who directed it, but the whole thing it was sold on was like, this was made by, uh, uh, sorry, this was, I don't know why I just like shut down for a second. Uh, Dave, up there, fix, 
This, it was like the like really it was like an independent short film that was really going around the internet being like this is made by some Pixar animators and it's called Borrowed Time. I've never watched it, um, but yeah, it's apparently very good. It stars Nick Patera. Do you remember Nick Patera? If not, I'm sure I'm gonna talk about him a lot next week. Uh, no, who's that? I'm sure I'm gonna talk about him next week. I'm, I'm keeping myself from talking about him. Mm. I will say this: if you he has a Wikipedia page, not for being an animator. Even though he does still work at Pixar, I believe. Oh my god, he sang the Triple Dent Gum song, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. The show is edited by Julius Jefferson. This, uh, our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf. You can follow us on social media at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and Twitter at Pixar Journey. And on our website, Looking for the Ocean, Pixar.pogbean.com. Once again, if you're listening to this Friday morning, this is the final weekend to come see Mr. Marmalade. I hope I'm alive for it. Um, because part of part of my ER thing is like I'm around these fucking cats all the time. So if anything else sets off my allergies, it's like hell. But I think it'll happen, and it's a great show so you're listening to this friday morning you're in new york we've got three more shows for you to come see tonight tomorrow and the day after in brooklyn cheap tickets come get them yeah Yay, tickets brooklyn. on instagram brooklyn uh you can follow me danny at blame it's on letterboxd um i don't know if i'm doing anything special right now on letterboxd but hey check it out i'm pretty sure the oscar noms that i are out now are out on tuesday so Soon I'll be trying to make it through the nominees. Although I think this year I'm not going to try as hard on the shorts and the docs. Sorry, documentaries. It's just unless you're on Netflix, I'm really not going to bother to seek you out. You know what I mean? It's just kind of maestro kind of, for Snub Club. That's your guess is maestro. A lot of people are no, guessing. I don't know. I, if it, I, I don't know if we'll like, get the noms. That's the thing. Is I I, I it will have as my mind it might only have three noms, which is Cooper, Mulligan, and the makeup. Uh, maybe f- I four actually I think it will have four with cinematography as well so I'm like I don't know if it will be it I think it's still a good, decent chance it'll be close to the flower moon because I don't think Lily Gladstone has that win locked yet so Ooh. that'll but be we'll a rough see. night yeah anyway uh, oh wait have- did I ever say my snub club podcast listen Oscar noms wins all that yeah I'm still on hiatus as far one. as I know so anyway good morning I guess that's our good evening. I don't know what you're listening to. Bye!